Wasn't that fun? Amen. About uh, 25 years ago or so, Cy was in a quartet, and they sang that song. And it was just almost as good. They couldn't do exactly what they did, but it was really good. But, and what they did was they came on the stage with uh, rubber duckies around their waist and fins on their feet and the, you know, the thing to breathe through. It, it, was, it was fun. <laughs> but Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord, and that was the Statler brothers. So I love them. So. Noah's story begins in ch chapter 6 of Genesis. So that's really early in the, in the Bible. It's one of the first story stories, except for the creation, of course. And it, it, that was a time, in that early time, when people were living a long time. Some 600, 700. Noah lived 935 years. I, I read that just today. So uh, people were multiplying over the face of the earth, and they weren't doing very well. Uh, they were ungodly, and they were violent. Now, this was before the law was ever even given. And uh, uh, they just weren't doing very well. And the Lord looked down from heaven, and he saw the wickedness of man was great in the earth and that every intent of the thoughts of his heart was only con evil continually. And the Lord was grieved. See, God has emotions. He looked down and he saw all this bad stuff. There was sexual perversion, there was violence, and all sorts of things. And so he was so upset over this that he said, I will destroy man whom I have created from the face of the earth, both man and beast, creeping thing and bird of the air, for I'm sorry that I have made them. And the very next scripture was, but Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. We talk a lot about grace. And uh, the title of this sermon is Grace in Action. And I'm going to talk about grace and signs and covenant and communion. Those are four really big things that many books have been written about each subject. So I can't uh, get too far in depth. <laughs> on any of them, but uh, I'm going to touch on some pretty important things on, in each. How these all things, these four things work together. Grace, signs, covenant, and communion. They, they work together a lot of the times, not all the time. But Noah found grace. So what, in the, New, in the Old Testament, how do we define grace? How, everybody, unmerited favor unmerited favor. Now, Noah wasn't perfect. Nobody's ever perfect, are they? So Noah wasn't perfect, but he was good enough that he found favor in the eyes of the Lord. And uh, uh, so that was good. He, had a, he was a just man. He had integrity. And as I said, he 
was a sinner as well. But God told him to build that ark, to build a boat. And I read somewhere that that ark or boat was big enough to fill 500 railroad cars. Whew, that's a pretty big boat. And I, uh, you know, they have that Noah's Ark somewhere. Is it in Iowa or Illinois? Kentucky? Well, wherever it is, I've seen pictures of it, and I want to go see it one of these days. I've heard really good things about it. So Noah was told to build a boat and to go into it with his, take his wife with him, and he had three sons, and the sons were married. So there was five people on the boat and a whole bunch of animals. And... Um, uh, They, they were on that boat for more than a year. Forty days and forty nights it rained. And they, I just can't imagine. Been, and so whenever they, uh, when the water went down, I, I just think, first of all, think about being on a boat with your family and knowing that every other family on the face of the earth was going away. There wasn't going to be anything to come back, down, back to. And when that boat landed on the top of the mountain, they didn't know where they were. They were someplace else. They weren't where they started. There was no rudder on that boat. They couldn't guide it where they wanted to because there wasn't any point. But... I just, they would be pretty um, lonely. So they went, they were on the boat, and the water came down, and uh, uh, after the water came down, Noah built an altar, altar, and he offered burnt sacrifices on, on the altar. So here is a covenant that was only the second time that we've heard of, of blood being spilled uh, as a sacrifice. And that, the first one was the animals were killed when uh, God killed the animals to make covering for Adam and Eve. And then here is uh, Noah making a sacrifice for, uh, for God, to, to please God, to tell God that he was thankful that he was saved and his family. And this is important because uh, it's, he's, it's in, gra in gratitude for his deliverance and that he offered a blood sacrifice. So that was grace, that Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord was that he saved him and his family and they were the only ones. But like I said, and I will say it again, because I want you to hear it, it was grace. It was unmerited favor, because Noah was not perfect. No man was perfect but Jesus. But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. So, God made a covenant with Noah and his descendants 
And that one of that, he told him that he was going to do that and that, that the animals would never, that he and his descendants and the animals, that would never ever again would there be a flood to destroy the whole earth. And um, so that was a covenant. And then God told him that he was he was pleased with Noah, and he made the, and he saw that he's going to make a sign in the heavens to help us remember his promise. Now, you know what the sign was, right? What was the sign that God gave to Noah that he would never again? cover the earth with water. What? Rainbow, rainbow right. A rainbow. And um, it's very interesting that many, many of the very ancient cultures have a flood in their history. So the, the sign was put there to help them remember the covenant, which was, I'm never going to flood the earth again. So that, that's one of the reasons for signs. And there's all kinds of signs. Um, several months ago, I was in a car driving around and had the radio on. And um, I heard this man say that uh, a pro baseball game was going to, a team, a pro baseball team was going to be fined because they were stealing signs from another baseball team. And my mind went like to a sign with words on it. And I thought, how dumb is that? They're rich, they can buy any sign they want to. <laughs> but I, I quickly remembered that it was probably something else. And you know, it was their silly signs they make. <laughs> but anyway, it's, it's a, it, Baptist, it, I'm really dry. If somebody could get me some water, I sure would appreciate it. Um, so, uh, baptism is a sign. Baptism is a sign of that, uh, of what? That you have committed yourself to become a Christian. The cross is a sign. It's a symbol. We see the cross. We wear the cross on our ears and around our neck and tattooed. And it's a sign. And when you're carrying that sign around, you better be on your toes because you're representing our God and, and our King. The dove is a sign. The dove is a uh, symbol. It's just a symbol, but it's a symbol of peace. But there are all kinds of signs, like traffic signs. They're important, aren't they? If we don't have tra traffic signs, we'd probably drive too fast. Probably. I don't know if I would, but somebody might.
Baptism is, oh, I said the baptism was a sign. Then uh, there's the Passover is part, is a uh, event, a very major event that happened in the Old Testament. And you remember that story. That's a very famous story of when the Jews were leaving, was it Egypt? And they, all, and they were out in the desert for a long, long time. And, uh, the, but this was before they left. The Passover was that the, um, that Moses went to Pharaoh and said, let my people go, and he didn't do it. Thank you. And so God sent signs. The first one was locusts. No, the first one was plagues. Well, when am I got here? Okay. First one, the first sign was blood. Blood in the river. Wouldn't that be awful? Woo. Then frogs, then lice, flies, disease, livestock, boils, hail and locusts and darkness and then the most tragic of all the death of the firstborn of all the people in Egypt except for the Jews but before that happened before that last one before the death of the of the first one there is the story of of the blood of the lamb on the on the doorpost because God told those people that if they would kill a lamb, had to be not just any lamb, but a perfect lamb. And it had to be about the right size and it had to have no blemishes at all. So you kill the lamb and you dip a, a branch of hyssop into the blood of the lamb and you put it on both sides of your door and up on the top blood on three sides on your on your front of your house and the blood the blood of the lamb was the sign that kept them safe and that night there was lots of crying and moaning in the land because the firstborn of everyone except for the Jewish people that had the blood on the lamb uh, on blood of the lamb on the house died and that got Pharaoh's attention and he finally let his people go but signs are important is the reason I'm telling you these stories about signs communion is a sign it's a sign of the new it's part of the sign of the new covenant communion is a sign of the new covenant and the act of taking the bread and the wine into ourselves is to be a constant reminder of who now lives in us I want to say that again the act the physical act of taking bread and grape juice into our body is a sign. And it's supposed to remind us 
of who now lives in us. Who lives in us? The Lord Jesus Christ. The Holy Spirit lives in us. God said, Do you not know that you are a temple of God and that the Spirit of God put himself in you? Pretty heavy stuff. The difference between the old and the new is that the old covenants were living under the law. The Ten Commandments. And when back, when, they, when everyone was living under the law, you lived the Ten Commandments plus hundreds and hundreds of other laws that they wrote up after then. And if you violated any of those laws, there wasn't anything you could do except make a sacrifice. You had to make a sacrifice in order to get rid of that sin in your life. You had to be perfect, and you weren't. That's why I said no Moses or Noah wasn't a perfect man. Nobody, only Jesus has been perfect. So they had to make the sacrifices. But Jesus made the sacrifice for us. So because we do not live under the law, we live under grace. And grace is now much, much more than unmerited favor. Grace is now God's power working in us and through us. That is the primary thing I want you to take home today. Under the new covenant, the sacrifice of our Lord Jesus, and while we're taking communion today, this grace is God's power working in us and through us. If it just works in us, it doesn't help anybody but us. But he died for us all, and he wants us all to know the grace that we're under and to spread it out and to spread that life uh, out. I was glad we sang that song today. The same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in you. And he will quicken your mortal body. And quite literally, that part that says quicken your mortal body is he'll make you alive with the resurrected Christ's life in you. I'll say that again. But if that same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in you, and it does, he will make you alive with the resurrected Christ's life living in you. I mean, that's what quicken your mortal body means. Gives us energy. But better than that, what's better than that? God's power. God's power. So, 
uh, would you please put up the scripture of Romans 8, 11. Thank you. But if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. Thank you. So now we'll go to John 17, please. This scripture, this is the night that Jesus was with, the night before the crucifixion, and when he had all the twelves in the, uh, up in the upper room with him and he talked to them. And he talked to them about a whole lot of good stuff. But one of the main things that he said that, that really works in our life today is that I do not pray for these alone, but also for those who will believe in me through their word. That's us he's talking about. That's Jesus' prayer for us. So uh, will you pass out the sacraments now, please? We're going to have communion today. One of the things we can think about is uh, Christ in me, Christ in you. What? What's the rest of that? Yeah, the hope of glory. Christ in me, the hope of glory. On the night that Jesus was with his disciples, Jesus prayed for us. I do not pray for these alone, but also for those who will believe in me through their word, that they all may be one. As you, Father, are in me, and I am in you, that they also may be one in us, that the world may believe that you sent me. And I have declared to them your name, and I will declare it, that the love with which you love me may be in them, and I in them. Remember, God's power, grace, is God's power working in and through a person. Will you say that with me? Help us to remember that. Grace is God's power working in and through a person. How awesome is that? Now, communion, as we're having it today and in our church, is open to anyone who has accepted Christ as their Savior. You don't have to belong to our church. So, uh, the bread is the broken, represents the broken body for God's sacrifice. The suffering that he endured for us. So we... Take the bread. 
Lord, we just thank you for your sacrifice and for the blood that you shared, shed. Your new covenant is better because what was written on stone, the Ten Commandments, is now written in our hearts. The spirit that was with God is now with us. And we are now temples of the Holy Spirit. Take the wine. Thank you. Lord, we just thank you for the great, great sacrifice that you made for us. And the gift that you gave us of the powerful Holy Spirit. Jesus, I pray that you would just help us to recognize more and more every day the wonderful, powerful gift that you have given us of the Holy Spirit, that you are with us every morning and every minute of every day. And we're so grateful for the manifestation of of your power and grace as we worship you, as we pray together. But that's not the same exactly as the power that lives within us. Lord, I just ask you that you help us all to open up our spirits, our mind, our spiritual eyes, Lord, and our spiritual ears, that we will be ready listeners to you so that we can go forward, move forward with spreading the good news all around our workplace our neighborhood. Our city. The good news that you rose from the dead as a sacrifice for our sin and that you now live in us and we carry you around with us. Help us just to realize that, Lord Jesus. Thank you for the mission trip that the kids are getting ready and the, uh, some are getting ready to go on, Lord. And we just ask you mm-hmm. to uh, bless the food and the time that we're going to be together this afternoon. And we'll give you glory in Jesus' precious name. Amen. God.